Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Technology. Sometimes we love it. Sometimes we hate it. The blue screen of death is not my friend. But to run a successful business, we all need it. In this episode, Gay Hamilton joins me and we talk all about technology, about when to get help, about the things we need to think about when getting that help and the stories that Gay tells about cybersecurity breaches will have your hair standing on end. If you think it can't happen to you, think again. This is a must listen to episode. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. My guest today is Gay Hamilton of Go Innovation. Welcome, Gay. Thanks very much. Uh, Wendy, great to see you. Lovely to see you as well. And we're going to talk about technology today, which I'm super duper excited about. And it's so interesting from my perspective to see someone like yourself, a woman in tech, to be so uh, involved in, in helping people with their tech. How did you end up in tech? Because it seems like there's not a lot of women in this field. <laughs> no, there aren't. There aren't a lot of women. Um, and it's, I mean, pretty much a fluke how I ended up hey. in tech. Um, I'd been with an, an agricultural wholesale company uh, for about 22 years, and we were going broke for most of that time. Um, I was part of the team. We held the company together long enough to get it purchased by another company, and everybody went off and it was all happy and good. And I was like, I'm so done with everything I've ever done. I don't ever want to do any of this again. And a friend of mine was working for a software company in a small town near me, and they were spinning up a sister company. And she said, are you interested? They needed client services director. Done. That was it. Done. Yeah. So I started in, I didn't know what a browser was. We what? didn't have, we, it was before the sort of common everyday ordinary email stuff. Like we were all playing with it a little bit, but not really too much. Yeah. It just kind of went from there. Fascinating. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, why do you think everybody is afraid of technology? I well, do I think that maybe that's not a fair statement, but I feel like a lot of people are scared of it. Yeah, and, and I believe so too. And I think we haven't done a very good job with education mm. and with keeping everybody up to date. So, you know, and, and, and I often say like my technology depth is only about this deep. Like, I don't really know the ins and the outs and how does my computer really work? And, mm. you know, those kinds of things. Same thing with my car. I don't really understand how my car works either. Yes. But I can use the tools and, you know, use them effectively. And, and I've been lucky in the sense that I can understand what needs to be done, not how to do it. And I leave it, that to the, to the people that really know what they're doing and really know what to do. So you're like um, a problem and, identifier. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Um, yeah. What are... What are the audience for the show is entrepreneurs and business owners, small, medium-sized enterprises. Um, what do you see as the biggest mistake that they are making right now with regards to their IT? Um, I, I would have to say right now is not spending the money, not spending the time, 
not taking the time to either get educated or get somebody in a close relationship that's either a consultant like me, like an outside third party, or somebody that you've hired in that you know that you you can trust because you've got, you know, you understand their background, or, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But you've got to pay attention and you've got to put the money into it. It's not, you know, we, we were selling to a, a company, you know, a couple of months ago and, and the owner was like, well, I've always had a calculator and it's always worked fine. <laughs> Those days are gone. You know, right. there isn't a company today that isn't operating with technology. There just isn't. I mean, we have a chicken farmer here local to 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 Guelph, which is where I am. And the, the technology that they're using is mind blowing. I mean, you just can't do anything anymore without a lot of technology. So it's either embrace it and keep up or, you know, you're going to get left out. I think um, I think the pandemic really showed that. Uh, would you say that it escalated? Um our adaption mindset? Um, yes and no. Um, yeah, I think I think it really helped to sort of shine a light on these systems that have been in place for a long, long time, needed to be updated five mm. years ago, never mind right now, but now all of a sudden we had to do it quickly. So there was a lot of adoption that happened very quickly and a lot of moving to the cloud because of the pandemic and the additional requirements on the systems in-house that they felt it was safer to, to move up to the cloud, which is you know, good news, bad news kind of thing. The cloud is somewhat safer, but you still have to have to protect yourself and still know what you're doing. Yeah, I think there's that preconceived notion that if it's in the cloud, that it's somebody else's responsibility to look after it or something. Yeah, yeah. And God forbid the cloud goes away one day. Then no, where are you? Don't say that. You know, have you got backups that mm. are not in the cloud? Yes. You know, and, and, there, and there's simple solutions to most of these issues. Um, you know, and generally, it's, it's not the big, huge price tag that, that a lot of people expect. And I think that's kind of a, of, a, of a mistake that some of the business owners are making as well. As, oh, it's going to cost me a fortune and I don't understand enough about it, so I'm going to avoid it. And, and, and specific, specifically in the small to medium-sized companies, they're not that expensive anymore. What um, portion of our budget should we be, like if we're doing our strategic planning and we're thinking about stuff and even just to maintain and keep upgrades and maybe make some improvements, what percent of our budget should be allocated for these things? Um, generally, sort of what's, what's kind of common in the, in the world today is 2% of your revenue should 2%. be going to technology. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now that's, that's assuming that you've been making some investments all along and, you know, keeping current and that kind of thing. Um, In some cases, it's a bit of a shock to get to to that point, but then 2% from there. More. So 2% is kind of our maintenance level, but the systems in it might be more depending on what your requirements are. That's right. With regards to technology, I feel there's, it can cover so many different places. Like it's your network, it's um, how you store files, it's all the, how you work together. What do you think is the top, if you were going to say the top three areas as a business owner, I should be looking at that I could outsource some of this or use technology to make this work better and easier for me. Is there a kind of like um, a place or a, a place to know where to start? Yeah, magic bullet kind of thing. Um, I would say, and it, it's sort of in a, in a range. So until you get up to say five employees, mm-hmm. you're pretty much good to go on your own. And you've got, as long as you're paying attention and you've got help and that kind of stuff, you're, you're okay. I would say sort of from five to 40 employees, mm-hmm. 
rather than spend the money on an in-house resource, yeah. I would highly recommend that people outsource in that in that range. Um, for one, one person can't come in and know everything about every piece of technology that you're yeah. going to need and look towards the future for you as well as it's just too big of a job. Whereas if you outsource that to a really good company, they have the expertise in house and they're keeping up to date and they're, you know, they, they can help support that. Once you hit 40 um, and it's kind of, you know, 40 to 60 kind of range, you really do need somebody in house who can help day to day. Even if you're outsourcing your support and your, you know, the, the infrastructure hosting, um, you still need somebody in-house that's keeping track of things and, and keeping current and keeping up to date. Yeah. Helping me with my blue screen of death. That's right. That's right. You have to have somebody to call. <laughs> <laughs> I often yeah. joke sometimes the hardest part about becoming self-employed is that um, I always said, well, no one's depositing money every two weeks into my bank account. And I don't have someone I can just call IT and help me. <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. I know, I know. And even I have those days where I think, what on earth is going on here? Or what, you know, I need somebody to call. And I'm, I mean, I'm fortunate in the sense that I reach out to a lot of other yeah. different people anyway, but yeah. How do I decide, um, what are my criteria for outsourcing? Like, how do I know uh, that the person I'm talking to knows what they're doing and it's what I need? Um, I would say your safest bet is to speak to some of their existing customers mm -hmm. and ask the customers things like, what happens if my system goes down? What did they do? Have they ever been hacked? Do they respond quickly if I call in and say, hey, I've got the blue screen of death, can you help me out? Um, I would, it, that to me, I think is the, is the greatest thing you can do um, is to actually speak to people that are actually using the service. Because otherwise, you know, it's hard to tell unless you can get, like a referral from somebody that you know mm. who knows or you know is dealing that kind of thing. Yeah. Been using them. What yeah. how do you define your scope of work for your outsourcing? Um, well, it, depending again, depending on the size of your company, you shouldn't really have to. You okay. should have, you should be able to listen to the provider who's coming in who's gonna tell you these are the things that you need. Mm -hmm. And then from that list, you can sort of reasonably check it and say, okay, I understand that piece, but maybe that could wait for a little while, or maybe we'd, we'd do, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's tough to know what that, what that list is. And certainly most of us wouldn't have any idea what that, what that list encompasses. And, and the, the guys that are out selling, you know, the, the, the hosted, the managed services um, opportunities, they know what they're doing and they know what's what's involved for a company of your size and the business that you're in and they've got the expertise and the knowledge to be able to put that list together so they've been there done that got some t-shirts yeah 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 um okay because i always sometimes wonder like we have some uh kind of let's call it software or an app being developed and i'm always concerned about well how would i ever know if that guy is actually or girl is telling me the truth because i wouldn't have a sweet clue they could say all kinds of mumbo jumbo, throw it <laughs> fancy words. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, they must know what they're talking about. So yeah. uh, uh, that's a, a fear of mine, I must say. Yes. And I, and understandably so. Um, and again, reach out to somebody that, you know, I mean, call me, I'm happy to, to have a listen and say, hmm. no, 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 no. If they're talking about that piece, that should take like two days. That's not a, 
you know, that kind of thing is reach out to people that you know, or that you've heard of, or, you know, it's the same thing if you're doing something in a legal aspect, right? You can call a lawyer for 20 minutes for free, and they can walk you through, you know, certain aspects or certain pieces of a deal or that kind of stuff. Same thing holds true. You know. You're reminding me too that it's a probably a good idea to get competing quotes just to see how they compare and contrast. Yes. Back when we were first doing our app, we got three quotes. One was two hundred fifty thousand. One was fifty thousand, and we ended up getting a product that worked at six. So it seems yeah. that it's important to shop the market a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to shift a little bit because I know there's a big focus that you're working on now, Gay, in cybersecurity. And I feel like a lot of us who are smaller think it'll never happen to me. But you have a story about it did happen to somebody. Tell us that story, Gay. Yeah. So, pardon me, a friend of mine um, is part owner of of a small company in Toronto. So 35 million a year in sales kind of kind of size range. Um, There's 30 employees and they went to work one day and all their files were encrypted and they couldn't do anything. So all the financial records, all the customer files, all the supplier information, everything was in encrypted files and they couldn't do anything with it. Um, And there was a ransom. Um, What was the ransom for? How much? Well, as it started off, And they believed that the ransom was going to be $45,000. And they were a little freaked out, like $45,000 to just, you know, essentially light on fire just to get your own information back seemed seemed quite quite cruel and quite unfair. Turns out it was $45,000 per computer. And they had 30 computers and seven servers. So the ransom was actually a million six. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now they were really fortunate in the sense that um, she worked, this friend of mine worked 18 hours a day for 30 days to get it back up and get it, get their backups reestablished and, and so on and get, get it sorted out and was able to get them back into a steady state within a month. But during that month, you can just imagine the, the, the chaos in the company mm-hmm. and, you know, the things that had, things that had happened. Um, so they didn't have to pay the, the ransom. What's happening more and more with cyber is the more they're finding, hey, this is easy money, the more creative they're getting and the more they're able to do. So what mm. we're seeing now is a ransomware attack. They will actually install that code in your servers about six months before they actually hit you. Why so do they do that? So that when you run your backups, your backups have oh, no the malicious code in them so wow. that when you go to try and back up and do a restore, you, know, you can't get anywhere. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, things are escalating at a, at a tremendous pace right now. Now they're actually saying, okay, so here are your files and they're encrypted. We want the money. They get the ransom and they delete your files. So, I mean, I don't think we're really spending enough time talking about cyber criminals yeah. and they're thieves yeah. and they're not nice people and they're not honorable. And it's not a, well, we had an agreement Right. And where are you going to go? You're going to go to the police or the FBI or whatever. And, you know, they might be able to recover something, but generally they they can't do anything about it either. And I know you can get cybersecurity insurance, but I've heard that they don't want to pay out because then they're afraid that it sets uh, precedence. Yeah. So right now there's there's, you know, sort of mutterings in the in the industry that they're talking about. If you pay the ransom, they won't pay the policy. 
So if you don't pay the ransom, they, they have people on staff that will come and help you out and try to dig through and try to, you know, but really you're between a rock and a hard place. You know, you want to pay the ransom so you get your company going again. You don't want to pay the ransom because you don't want your cyber insurance to be canceled. So it's, it's a really tough spot. And, and really it comes down to prevention is the best way to avoid it. Prevention is possible. It's relatively inexpensive. The things that make the biggest difference yes. are not that expensive. Your business is making a profit. You're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. What does make the difference? Is it, it does, do these things come in because I clicked the wrong email? I opened the wrong image? Is it because I went to a wrong site? Like, how does this happen? Well, what they're, the, the latest report from Deloitte is that 91% of all cyber attacks started with a phishing email, which is one of those emails that, you know, you're going to click something or you're going to open or whatever else. So 91% of the time, it starts with that. So it could end up not being you actually clicking an email or clicking something in it. It could just be that they're, you know, they've gotten into your system and they've figured out what your, what your um, passwords or your, sorry, your email addresses look like and that kind of information, they can gather that. And from there, they can, they can do a lot with that, with that kind of information. Um, but it, you know, it comes down to if 91% of the attacks are coming through phishing emails, doesn't it make sense that we train and train and train the employees so that they know what to watch for and they know what to do if. And, you know, we've got to turn this whole thing around with, you know, the employees are the problem and they're terrible and they're clicking and they're doing and, you know, they're causing us all this grief. Turn that into the employees are your superheroes and they desperately want to do what's best for the company. They're very invested in the company doing well as, as well as you are. Um, so train them, teach them what to do and how to do um, and take it from there. And then, and then celebrate the ones that come to you to say, oh my God, this email came in and I wasn't paying attention. I clicked it and I, I you know, celebrate that. They've actually told you as opposed to, oh, I clicked that and I'm not supposed to, so I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Because by knowing the quicker, you know, that somebody has clicked on something, the faster you can resolve so if, it. If it came in through a phishing email and was and so it somehow wormed its way into my my server, if I am aware, then I can potentially go in and save it then. That's right. That's right. Because that email could be the malicious code that they want to sit on your servers for six months that make it so your backups don't work. It could, that could be the one. So yeah, the sooner you know, the more you can do about it and, and quickly deal with it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that it's on the on the rise, that cyber crime, and I'm listening, you know, there was a lot of talk as particularly around with the conflict and the war in Ukraine and all that stuff going on that we needed to be even more aware because uh, that the that there may be bad players from the Russian side doing more cyber crime 
to kind of be their way of getting back at the sanctions and all the other stuff going on. What have you seen and heard around that? Yeah, um, there is a tremendous amount of information being spread through the cybersecurity sort of area, you know, areas these days with heads up, like they will be coming after Canadians because we are standing up to the, to the mm. Russians and watch out for this. And, and, you know, in a lot of cases, they're sending out random emails to people to try and get people to click on stuff. They're not sifting through to say, okay, these guys are Canadians, these guys are US, these are, you know, Ukraine. It's just like, let's just send out a whole lot of emails and see what we can catch. And that activity has been increasing exponentially. Um, there's been a number of um, uh, pieces of legislation passed in the US where they're saying, we've all got to step up, we've all got to address this, we've all got to do these, these things. And I think Canada is following closely thereafter, um, you know, same kind of things that, that governments are going to legislate, you have to have a safe environment, you have to make sure that you've looked after your environment. Um, and it comes back to that, you know, the safer each of us are, the safer all of us are. So, yeah. So when it comes to cybersecurity, it seems like the fr biggest front line is the humans involved. That's right. That's right. And that, that sort of has a bit of a waterfall effect within the company as well. So the you know, sort of the three most important things to, to prevent cyber attack, number one is training. And that training is employees. And that's not just the, the people in product or advertising and marketing. It's in IT as well as in, in training okay. those folks so that they know, for example, one of the other key things to look out for is software patches and software patches have to be done and they have to be done on a, on a regular basis and, and in a timely fashion. Otherwise there's a vulnerability left open and you know, that's a way to get in. Again, that's a simple, easy, it's a regular maintenance that should be being done anyway. That needs to happen and people need to be trained to do that, to, you know, to make sure they're doing that, that kind of thing. Um, and the other thing is, is yep. passwords. I mean, there are still, there are still people today using password one, two, three, four, five. I mean, you've got to, you've got to strengthen your passwords and, and companies I think are doing a better job now of instituting a password policy that says your password has to be 10 characters long. It has to include these various um, types of characters and that kind of thing, as opposed to you have to update, update your password every 30 days because the updating the passwords every 30 days does not work. What ends up happening is people go for easier and easier and easier passwords so that they can remember them because they're changing so often. Whereas if you do a really good 10 character password, it can stay in place for, you know, an extended period of time. Like, you know, it can, it, it doesn't have to be replaced because it's there. So you can safe. just tattoo it inside your arm and then you'll never forget. That's right. That's right. And then you're good to go instead of putting a little sticky note on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's probably less important that you don't write it down because chances are the bad actors are not in the office. Chances are. Chances yeah. are. Hmm. Chances are very good. Yeah. So you were talking uh training, and I know you're launching some training stuff shortly uh to help people stay up to date. What will your training cover? Well, essentially what we're looking at is a training platform that will allow us to provide an update every month. So there's a security awareness update every month. Now, at the same time, you can use our training platform for whatever other kind of training you want to add to it as well as. So you can add in um, 
a welcome package, for example. So welcome to the company. This is what we do. Here's where you find all the numbers and, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but a security update, I think, once a month is, is timely in today's world because we're all busy. We're all doing way too much. We're all on email all the time. We're looking at stuff. And it's too easy to click on stuff and, you know, go through. So if we can figure out how to keep front and center, how to keep people thinking about it, how to keep, yeah. you know, th the focus on it, then we're all going to win. Yeah. It feels like it's awareness and critical thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was it yeah. I heard is that people can sometimes, go, you know, they'll, they'll spook, make an email that looks like it came from somebody and it's all about money. And next thing you know, it's yeah. All, yeah. Well, yeah. And if people weren't clicking on those kinds of emails, they would stop sending them. So obviously people are still clicking on them because it we're still coming in. I mean, I got one the other day though, that it was, it was directed to me. Yes. And it came from management at goinnovation.ca. And I looked at it and went, what on earth is this? And it was a very, very well done um, email. It was all about management has sent you a, a document that you need to review in Google Docs. Click here, do the review, get back to them. This is why. I mean, it was it was a really, really well done piece of information. And it would have been very easy for, you know, certainly in a larger company for somebody to click on something like that. And, you know, way it goes. Well, if they're getting smarter and not misspelling and using bad grammar, my gosh, right? I mean, that, that used to be right. a nice, nice, good giveaway. Yeah. Although, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons they stayed with the bad grammar and the poor spelling was to find out how vulnerable are you and how, more. how anxious are you to have an uncle who died in Africa, who's going to leave you money. And, and the more anxious you are for that out of the blue win, the more you are apt to click on that link. And it was a good way for them to kind of judge Who's coming in? Who's like, how susceptible are these people to our tricks? So they've actually put gates on it to assess people just by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we lose focus of a, 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 a cyber attackers company in essence would look just like any other big company. I mean, they've got HR, they've got payroll, they've got, you know, they've got product, they've got development, they've got, like, they're big, big enterprises that are running this cyber. It's not, it's not the guys sitting in the basement, you know, with their right. computer eating pizza that, you know, that's kind of the impression that we have. They're big, big companies. There's now, like, you can get cyber attacks as a service where you just sign up and say, I want to learn how to do this. And I want to be able to send emails and fish for, for, for potential. And that, it's all there. It's all, that's, that's real. That's, that happens. So cyber crime, cyber crime is an industry that you can actually sign up for. That's right. That's right. That, right. that might be the scariest part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And I think, you know, it, it, the, the terminology in the cyber world is they say bad actors. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking about these criminals that are, that are sending out cyber attacks, they're referred to as bad actors, which I think understates Mm. the whole case. I mean, we should be calling them criminals. We should be calling them thieves and fraudsters, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. Using the criminal language as opposed to firms and actors, it, it, right? it does almost seem like they're in a game, like they're yeah. in their, their own little universe and maybe they'll come out, but it would be so unlikely to come see me. But it's in fact, when they yeah. have that many people doing the work, it's 
probably just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. And they're not specifically looking for, oh, let's go see Wendy and see what Wendy's doing and you know where is she in that kind of world. They'll send stuff out. And then if they get a response back, then they start, you know, the progress of, or the process of, of evaluating who you are, how much money can we possibly ask her for? You know, they do all that. So I guess that's where the fishing term comes from. If they nibble, now let's see if we've got a big fish that's worth going after. That's right. That's That's fascinating. Um, What question haven't I asked you about cybersecurity that I should have? (laughs) If any. I don't know. Um, how do we prioritize it? How do yeah. we get folks to, yeah. you know, how do we get folks to, to focus more? Yes. Um, I, I'm hoping that uh, this training platform that I'm adding will, will help. Um, I'm trying not to spam everybody to death, but I'm, you know, sending messages all the time to say, hey, this is the latest, this is what happens, you know, come and, come and do the training. So the, the platform isn't quite ready yet, but there is a landing page. Um, on my website where you can add a wait list. So if you're interested in the training and it's a, you know, as I say, it's, it's an every yeah. month kind of a thing, um, sign up on my, list. on my yeah. wait list. And yeah. So, so my, my goal is to get as many sole entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or, or very small companies to sign up. Um, and they would all enter the platform and be part of the go innovation, um, sort of community kind of thing. Uh, but at the same time, the platform's available for, small to medium sized companies. So if you want to brand it for your own brand and, and send the employees messages that look like they're coming from, you know, from your company, that kind of stuff, we can, we can white label it as well as if it's a, if it's a larger community. Yeah. Super cool. So to join the waitlist, go to goinnovation.ca. Gay, this has been so enlightening. Uh, I quite enjoyed our conversation. And I think the real bottom line is here is that cybersecurity needs to be a priority. Exactly. It absolutely does. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time, Gay. Thanks so much. Good to see you, Wendy. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.